Welcome into another episode of Will's Wide World of Sports. Uh, today is all about the NFL Draft. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year, one of my favorite days of the year. So I wanted to get prepared uh, and I wanted to w- talk through a, a couple different things. Uh, first, I want to check back in on the, the storylines that I had mentioned about a month ago uh, and just kind of see where we're at uh, and what, if any, questions we have uh, still remaining with about 24 hours left. Uh, and then I'm going to go through some scenarios of how the the top 10 uh, may unfold uh, in the draft. So stick around for all sorts of NFL draft coverage right after this. It is officially NFL draft week, uh, probably one of my favorite weeks of the year. Uh, we're about 24 hours now from the start of the first round on Thursday. So I, I just wanted to kind of do a couple of different things today in preparation for the draft. Starting with, I think, are the five biggest storylines uh, heading up into the first round. Now, if you remember, I, I went through some of these storylines about a month ago, but I want to just check in with them because I think these are five storylines or questions, I guess, technically, that I think will really decide how the NFL draft goes. Now, these are, again, these are the five questions I had a month ago. Some of them we have answers to. Obviously, some of them we won't get answers to until tomorrow. But uh, starting with the number one question, which I had a month ago, uh, if you remember right, it was about a month ago that the Chicago Bears had the number one pick. But of course, now that uh, it goes to Carolina, and the Panthers have the number one pick. So obviously the big question is, who did the Panthers like so much that they moved up? All the way from number nine to number one. For a second, it looked like it was going to be C.J. Stroud. That was the the early indication. But now it sounds like it's going to be Bryce Young out of Alabama. There's tons of rumors. There's tons of smoke screens. You know, it, it still could be C.J. Stroud. I doubt it would be Will Levis out of Kentucky, but his name was floated out there in a couple of rumors. But I, I think Bryce Young is probably the right pick. Yes, he may only be 190 pounds. Yeah, he may only be 5'10", 5'11". But if he was even six foot, 200 pounds, I think he'd be far and away the best player in the draft, or at least the best quarterback in the draft. It's not like he was just some quarterback in a small school that was dominating. No, he was playing at Alabama. So his his size didn't affect him there. What's to say he couldn't do the same thing in the NFL? Obviously, as good as Alabama is, Alabama is not the NFL, even though it sometimes seems like it. So that'll be the big question. Can he stay healthy? Can he stand in there, take the hits? But I think everything else that you want in a quarterback you get in Bryce Young. You know, he has the poise. He has the leadership. He has the arm talent. He just doesn't have the size, which I think brings him down a little bit. You know, maybe not in the, you know, Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, like that level of number one pick. But I think he's the right choice. And it sounds like that's where the Panthers are leaning. So, I think we have an answer to that question, but of course we will get uh, the certain answer uh, in about 24 hours. 
second question I had, again, this was about a month ago, was what what happens to Jalen Carter? And more specifically, does the rumors and and subsequent allegations and I guess issues that he ran into, are those going to affect his draft draft stock? Or do teams just see the the immense talent and say, yeah, that's our guy? So quick summary for those who forgot. Jalen Carter, one of the best, uh, probably best players in the draft, regardless of position, but one of the best defensive linemen at Georgia. Of course, Georgia is full of top-tier talent, but Jalen Carter stood out uh, even even with other five-star recruits around him. There were some rumors about his work ethic. Of course, nobody who's reporting that is probably really involved with with Georgia football, but there were definitely those floating around. And then unfortunately he got into a a situation right right before the combine. Uh, this was what uh, about a month month and a half ago where he uh, and a couple other players uh, and Georgia staff members were involved with some road racing. Uh, again, I don't fully remember the details, but uh, it ended up resulting in, in somebody getting killed. Credit to him, he uh, owned up to it and, and went down to Georgia and, and turned himself in and then was released on bail the next day, I believe. But of course, that was right around the combine and right around when I was putting together these questions or storylines. So that was going to be the natural question that every single team asked him, or at least wanted to know what was going on. So you might say, okay, like, uh, that's one mistake. You can learn from it, et cetera, et cetera. I think to me, the more concerning part was him showing up at his pro day a couple weeks later fresh off of all of these questions being asked of him, and he shows up not in the best shape. He doesn't do the 40-yard the dash. He doesn't do a lot of the athletic drills. He just goes through the, some of the on-field drills, and he can't even finish those because he's out of shape. Now, in a vacuum, not the worst thing in the world, but if, if he's wanting to answer those questions of, Okay, is your work ethic okay? Are you going to be a concern for teams? This was his chance to do it. And I think it was concerning that, that he wasn't in that right mindset. So having said all that, yes, he has his, his concerns. But when you put on the tape and just see how dominant he is, you can see why teams are still, I guess, considering picking him, not only in the top 10, but potentially the top five. I was wondering, you know, back a month ago, if if anybody could pass him defensively besides Will Anderson. And I think that's going to be the more interesting question, because I think I think we've heard from enough teams and enough rumors that Jalen Carter is not going to fall that far. He might fall down to number nine or number ten. You know, maybe somebody like Chicago or Philadelphia stops his fall. But at least it doesn't sound like this is going to be something that, you know, oh, he's suddenly at 15 and he's still available and now he's at 20. It, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. But the, the more interesting storyline that's, that's sort of surfaced 
the last month or so is is Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech another big long athletic pass rusher I've seen a lot of reports and a lot of mock drafts rumors that he could be the first defensive player taken even over Will Anderson who most people thought at least a month ago would be the odds on favorite to be drafted uh, probably number two overall, or at least the, the top defensive player. Now, we saw this last year. We had Trayvon Walker, who ended up going all the way up to number one to Jacksonville. He wasn't somebody that was initially thought to be the best defensive prospect, let alone the best prospect in the draft last year, but similar traits to Tyree Wilson. You know, maybe not the biggest college production, but he has the tools. He has the athleticism. He has the, the raw potential that teams love. Now, Bryce Young is pretty much set in at number one, or at least some quarterback will. But it's becoming a real possibility that, that Tyree Wilson goes number two over Will Anderson, over Jalen Carter. Now, if you would have told me a month ago, I would have thought the Texans were, well, I would have thought the Texans would have picked a quarterback at number two. But if they didn't, Will Anderson would have been the guy. But, you know, maybe D'Amico Ryans, you know, the new head coach for Houston, maybe he likes that, that big, tall, athletic pass rusher. You know, Tyree Wilson, he's more of a defensive end. He's going to be on the edge of on a four-three, versus Will Anderson's more your you know three-four outside linebacker. Not to say that that scheme really matters with those two. I think when you have talents like that, teams can make it work. But if if D'Amico Ryan's in Houston sees Wilson as you know their version of Nick Bosa, their version of DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead. All of those big names that, that he came from in San Francisco, it could be Tyree Wilson. So uh, that, that storyline slash question kind of got off the rails because a lot of it centered around Jalen Carter. But I think just the overall question or storyline of how those three defensive players get picked and in which order, I think it's definitely something that even 24 hours before the draft, we have no idea. Uh, the third question slash storyline that I had uh, was what order do the top four quarterbacks go in? Now, let me read you what I had about a month ago. I had Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. Now, if I had to bet my life on an order, I think that's the order I would still go with. But I think Will Levis in particular, quarterback out of Kentucky, He's going to be the key. I mentioned Bryce Young. He's going number one. 95% sure he's going number one. But Will Levis is somebody who, you know, fans may not like. He didn't play well at Kentucky last year. But he has the tools. He has the potential. And teams may see that and see this big, tall, superior arm talent to probably the other three guys, or at least potential of it, and say, okay, this, this is our quarterback. 
So I wouldn't be shocked if he's the second quarterback taken. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Anthony Richardson was the second quarterback taken. Richardson and Levis, they're, they're the wild cards. They're the prospects, the, the guys that, that struggled in college last year, but have all the tools, have all the potential. So sure, somebody like Houston, somebody like Indianapolis, even Seattle and Detroit, who, who have quarterbacks right now, they could see those two in particular as, as projects that turn into you know, somebody like Josh Allen. So uh, I'm still leaning on Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis as the order. But uh, I think the quarterbacks are going to really decide how the top of the draft goes. And specifically, the order that they go in. Because if a team is sitting there, you know, at number seven or eight, you know, maybe it's Oakland or Atlanta, and they maybe secretly want another quarterback. If their guy drops, you know, they, they could pick a quarterback. So it, it's really going to depend on individual teams and how they, they rank these four quarterbacks. Because I think after Bryce Young, uh, we could see a, a lot of different ways that, that those four can be ranked and in which order. Uh, related question, which was, how desperate do the quarterback needy teams get? Now, this was probably more relevant uh, a month ago. You know, we saw the Panthers. We saw how desperate they were. There have been reports that the Texans, at number two, they might not even take a quarterback. There's been reports that Las Vegas, at seven, and Atlanta, at eight, that they, don't, they aren't going to take a quarterback, that they're content with what they have. Now, with everything uh, leading up to the draft, this could all be rumors. This could all be smokescreen. But if, if those two teams aren't interested, I think then the next tier goes to Tennessee at 11. And, you know, then we get into some more longer shots like, does New England at 14, do they do anything? Green Bay, are they set on Jordan Love? I, I would assume so, but they're at 13. Or even Houston at 12. Let's say they don't pick a quarterback at two, did they look at potentially a quarterback with their second pick? Now, we have, we have the Seahawks, and we have the Lions at five and six. I think those are the perfect kind of middle point for where quarterbacks could go because they both don't need a quarterback, but they might be in a market for kind of a young quarterback to pair with their veteran in, in Geno Smith and Jaron Goff, respectively. So... If, if you're a team like Tennessee, or even a team like Houston, uh, at pick number 12, you have to see that, that kind of area of the draft, at 5, 6, 7, as a really big turning point in the draft. Because if you think that a quarterback is going to be picked there that you want, that means you have to jump to 4. That means you have to jump to 3. Which is why a team like Tennessee at 11... In lots of mock drafts, I've seen move up to number three to get their quarterback. Now, after the break, I'm going to go through just some of the scenarios that I could see happening. But if a team gets really desperate and jumps up to get a quarterback, that means there's going to be a run on quarterback and a run on quarterbacks really early. You know, with Bryce Young at one, potentially somebody else at two, 
potentially somebody else at three, which will cause then the defensive stars uh, to start sliding a little bit. Now, my last storyline, my last question was, who is going to be the, the first non-quarterback offensive player to get selected this year? Now, this might seem sort of uh, a random question, but I think, you know, in years past, we've had, we've had drafts without top quarterbacks, such as last year. But it's been a while since we've had kind of no big offensive linemen projected to be up near the top or a top wide receiver. Because remember, we've had, we've had a couple of receivers go pretty high you know, in the last few drafts. If, even if you look back to 2021, we had four skill position players go in the top 10. 2017, there was five. If you think back just a year ago to 2022, we had three offensive linemen get picked. So, you know, this draft may not be as, as heavy at the top uh, as some of those drafts, but I think it's kind of a, an interesting storyline to watch to see who ends up getting picked. Now, I said a month ago, probably Peter Skaronsky, the, the offensive lineman, most likely going to be a guard. Uh, in the NFL, uh, out of Northwestern. He was probably the safe pick, and he probably still is the safe pick. But now we've started to see a, a lot of rumors that Paris Johnson Jr., the, the offensive lineman out of Ohio State, he could go as high as number three. You know, Arizona's sitting there at number three, and we all assume that they're going to pick either one of the three defensive linemen or trade out. Uh, for a quarterback desperate team. But someone like Paris Johnson Jr., someone like Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback, they could both go as high as number three. So if again, if I had to bet my life, I, I would probably pick him, Paris Johnson Jr., to be the first non-quarterback offensive player. But that leads me to the last sort of wrinkle, and that's B. John Robinson. The running back out of Texas, who, who most people think is the top, or at least top three, top five player in the draft, he just happens to play running back. Now, running backs can go in the first round, and they have gone in the first round. Doesn't mean it's always the smartest move, but it happens. If a team like Atlanta at number eight, Philadelphia at 10, you know, they could see it as sort of a luxury pick. Say, hey, this is one of, if not the best player in the draft. Why wouldn't we pick him at 8, at 10? So that, that's sort of a side storyline to watch, is, is where Bijan Robinson gets drafted. But wherever he goes, he's going to do well. It's just, do you get enough return on your investment in, in picking a running back that, that early? So those were the, the five storylines, the five questions that I'm, that I'm looking out for in the draft, uh, mainly in the top 10. Uh, of course, once we get out of the top 10, into the teens, into the 20s, lots of other interesting things to look at. But just at the, this top part of the draft, because it's so wide open, because we really don't know what's going to happen, 
I think there's lots of things to be looking out for. So I just want to kind of address those and, and where we're at. Uh, after the break, I want to take just some scenarios and throw some scenarios out there. I, I'm not going to give an official uh, you know, mock draft of what I think is going to happen. Of course, you know, it's, it's sort of like March Madness. Uh, it's, it's really hard to pick all 32, or in this case, all 31 picks. But I want to throw out just some scenarios that might happen, especially at the top of the first round, and just kind of give some cause and effect. If this happens, then that happens. So uh, a couple scenarios coming up, but first let's take a quick break. All right, we are back. Uh, I want to just throw out some scenarios that might happen uh, in, the, in the first round uh, tomorrow. Uh, specifically in the top 10, because as I mentioned before, we don't really know what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's hard enough to pick the top 10, let alone, you know, what's going to happen in the teens, uh, in the 20s and, and on. So I just want to focus on the top 10 and how it might shake out. I think the first possibility and, and one that I thought was not even possible, uh, you know, a month ago, uh, is the Texans passing on a quarterback at number two. Now, I'm assuming for all of these that Carolina is going to take a quarterback, in all likelihood, Bryce Young. So that means the draft really is going to start at number two. So the Texans control what's going to happen. And I think the first possibility is they don't pick a quarterback. Now, if they don't pick a quarterback, in all likelihood, it's going to be one of the pass rushers, whether that's Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, or Jalen Carter. Although I haven't seen tons to suggest that he would be picked as high as number two, but probably one of those three. So what does that mean if the Texans pass on a quarterback? Well, if Arizona's sitting there at number three, if they haven't traded that pick yet, that pick suddenly gets very valuable because, yes, Bryce Young's gone, but outside of that, any team can have any pick of quarterback. Whether that's maybe the more proven commodity in C.J. Stroud, or maybe that's the, the potential of Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. So teams like Tennessee, teams like Las Vegas, Atlanta, they will have their shot to, to go up to number three, passing Indianapolis, who's sitting at four, and get their pick of quarterback. So let, let's say that happens. Let's say, let's say the Texans go Will Anderson at number two. If somebody jumps Indianapolis, you know, maybe they pick C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. Then Indianapolis is sitting there at number four with their third quarterback. Now, I mentioned earlier, I think this is a year where the four quarterbacks, you might get four different answers if you ask people, how do, how do you rank them? You know, maybe Indianapolis is super high on Will Levis, and they know he's going to be there at four, and they're content sitting and getting him. If they're not, they could be motivated to, to move up. And maybe they make a trade with Arizona to move up to number three. So if, if Houston passes on a quarterback, they take Will Anderson, let's say Tennessee goes up to number three, take C.J. Stroud, just for this exercise, 
Indianapolis sits there at, at four, takes Will Levis. Then the Seahawks and Lions, who I mentioned before, they're sitting at five and six, and they're going to have a really interesting decision. Specifically my Seahawks, because they're picking before the Lions and will have to make a decision first. Do they go with Anthony Richardson, the uber-athletic, super raw potential, but not necessarily, you know, a proven commodity, with the hopes that he turns into one of the best quarterbacks in the league? Or do they go Jalen Carter, who, as I mentioned uh, in, the, in the first bit, tons of, tons of talent, tons of potential, but obviously some character concerns as well. Or do they go a different route? Do they go Tyree Wilson? Do they go, you know, Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, one of the top cornerbacks? I think I mentioned this earlier, but the Seahawks and Lions sitting at five and six, I think they're going to be a big turning point for where the draft goes. Because, yes, we know Indianapolis, they, they're going to want a quarterback. Whether they trade up or not, most likely they will end up with a quarterback. Arizona's not going to pick a quarterback. They will most likely trade down or pick a defensive lineman. The Seahawks and Lions can do both, so that, that makes them interesting uh, in this draft. Now, assuming 5-6, assuming Anthony Richardson and Jalen Carter go in some order, I think then that leaves the Raiders at number 7. If they don't want a quarterback, which they've come out and said they don't, because uh, if you remember, they have Jimmy Garoppolo now as their, their veteran quarterback. They're in a good position to just take you know, the best player available. And in their case, that might be, that might be a cornerback, whether that's Witherspoon, whether that's Christian Gonzalez, or even Tyree Wilson, if he falls to seven. I guess I can see why the Raiders would want to avoid a quarterback because they have so many needs, specifically on defense, that they can just sit at number seven and pick best player available. Uh, eight, nine, and ten, wrapping up the, the the top ten picks. I think that's where we will have a chance to see an offensive player uh, get drafted, whether that's a skill position or offensive lineman. Atlanta sitting at eight. I think that's the first real chance. Well, maybe not real chance. I you know maybe Detroit squeezes in there, but I think number eight probably the most realistic chance. Let's say that that Bijan Robinson. The running back out of Texas gets selected. Atlanta loves to run the football, so who better than the best running back in the league? Or in college football, I mean. Is that a reach? Uh, Based on position? Probably. Is it a luxury pick? Sure. But that's something that I could see Atlanta doing. And if they don't, they can also go best player available. Either beef up the defense or add in another offensive lineman. Chicago's then sitting there at number nine, and they're saying, all right, uh, you know, we moved from the number one, we, we planted our flag in Justin Fields at quarterback. They're probably the most likely to pick an offensive lineman, and I think regardless of how the, the first eight picks go, that's probably what they'll do, unless one of the, the defensive players falls to number nine. And then Philadelphia at number 10, now, they just won the NFC. They just made it to the Super Bowl. But they have, they have some needs. 
they they lost a good amount uh, of quality players this offseason. They could use some reinforcements in their defense, and they could also use B. John Robinson. This would certainly be a luxury pick if they went that route, but I think 8 and, eight and 10 would be probably the ceiling for B. John Robinson. And, and maybe the, the front office for the Eagles say, hey, we, we could go best player available, and that best player is B. John Robinson. So that's sort of, sort of what they might be thinking. A couple other scenarios. I said, what if the Texans don't pick a quarterback? Well, what happens if they do pick a quarterback? Most likely, that would be C.J. Stroud. You'd have Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud go 1-2. Now, all of a sudden, the quarterbacks aren't falling. Looks like the quarterbacks might go early. So now, those teams that I mentioned that, that need a quarterback, whether that's Tennessee, whether that's Las Vegas, Atlanta, if they, they decide to get, get in the ring, now they're not jumping up to number three because they can pick their quarterback they want. They would have to jump up to three to potentially get any quarterback. Because if C.J. Stroud goes number two, Indianapolis sitting at number four, again, they're probably picking a quarterback. So if Tennessee's at 11, they, they have to move up to number three. They can't wait till 11. They can't wait even till seven or eight. They have to jump up. And so what that causes is the potential for quarterbacks to go one, two, three, four. In what order? I don't know. Is this a possibility? Yeah, it's a possibility, but I I don't think it's as likely as I thought maybe a month ago. But if that does happen, suddenly the Seahawks at number five have almost every single option they want besides potentially Anthony Richardson or picking a quarterback. They could go Will Anderson. They could go Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson. I would assume they'd choose between Anderson and Jalen Carter. And then I would assume the Lions, again, I think Seahawks and Lions are going to be sort of connected. I would assume they go with uh, the other option. And then I think the, the back half of the first round stays pretty similar, uh, except for maybe someone like Tyree Wilson might entice you know, one of those teams. I think if, if Arizona decides to stay, and they, they sit at the number three pick saying, okay, we get the best defensive player in the draft. You know, maybe they said, hey, we, we love Will Anderson. He's going to be our pick. And they're ecstatic that the, the first two picks are quarterbacks. If that's the case, then we get a, a similar situation with the first, first option with a couple quarterbacks going early, defensive player going early, and then the Seahawks and Lions, again, I keep coming back to it, being the, the deciding factor for how the, the, the top half of the first round goes. Now, an interesting, an interesting bet to make, and I'm sure it's out there on, on one of the big betting sites, would be how many quarterbacks go in the first four picks. I'm not saying how many quarterbacks go in the first round. It'll most likely be four or five. 
I'm not even saying how many quarterbacks go in the top 10, but how many quarterbacks go in the top four? Like I just mentioned, there's a potential that four quarterbacks could go in the top four. There's also a potential that two quarterbacks go in the top four. You know, I think, I think one is obviously a, almost a guarantee. There's a chance we only get two. Because what happens if Bryce Young goes one, Texans, they decide they don't need a quarterback. Arizona, they decide they don't need a trade back. They don't need a quarterback. Then Indianapolis takes one, and that's suddenly two out of the top four. Then in this scenario, maybe the Seahawks are sitting at five. You know, they suddenly have their pick of a couple quarterbacks plus, you know, a couple defensive players. Or maybe that's where Tennessee decides to jump up to number five uh, and swing a deal there. Now, I, I hope what I'm trying to get across is that the top 10 is going to be kind of crazy this year. Now, not crazy in the sense of I'm not expecting five trades to go down. But I think maybe a little bit more than years past, there's so many options and so many different ways that this could go. Even as simple as the Texans, we don't even know if they're going to pick a quarterback at number two. You know, if, if we knew they were taking a quarterback, and if we knew that Indianapolis was taking a quarterback, I think there's a little less drama. You know, it's just which quarterbacks do they like better? But if there's a potential for four quarterbacks to go in the top five, or if there's a potential that two quarterbacks go in the top five, that makes for a lot of intrigue. And, and, the, and the reason why you hear teams say, we have no idea what's going to happen. You know, we're sitting in the, you know, the middle of the top 10, back half of the top 10, and we can't for sure say what, what's going to happen or what we can pick because we don't know what the teams in front of us are going to pick. So that's, that's a big reason why I like the draft. You know, not only is it player scouting, player evaluations, team evaluations and what you need, but it's also the give and take of, you know, what's available, what can you do, what will other teams do. You know, it's not a sure thing, but this is the NFL. That's why it's one of the most watched things in April. It's the draft. I mean, the NBA playoffs is going on, and yet lots of people are talking about the draft because it's the NFL. That's how big they are. I'm certainly excited to watch not only Thursday, but the rest of the rounds. You know, my Seahawks picks number five, picks number 20 later in the first round. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, I've said multiple times, I think they are a big key for how this first round goes. But it's exciting. Even if your your team was bad in the season, this is where you know this is where you get your chance to improve your team. So I think a lot of a lot of hope goes into into this weekend, and then obviously for the players themselves, a lot of joy in actually you know fulfilling your dream. So I cannot wait. You know we are about twenty four hours away. I'm sure lots of stuff will break uh, by the time we actually get to draft day. But I'm just hoping for a a crazy first round. A crazy top 10. And then, of course, we'll have weeks to talk about what actually happens, but we got to get to the draft first. So I'm looking forward to that. But that will do it for today's podcast. Um, we will be back here this weekend. 
breaking down all of the the, the NFL draft uh, winners and losers, what I thought of some of the picks. Uh, and then we'll make sure to check check back in with the NBA playoffs as well. So make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And we will see you back here on Sunday.